And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Hey, everybody. Episode 239 of the Constitutionals Podcast. I do... <laughs> There's a cat toy in the background. I do think that there is a... Uh... Uh, that we would be way ahead if I had not stopped for a little bit. But here we are. Here we are doing this show once again. Sorry, I'm just checking my email because I think this is an opportune time for me to do an episode of this stupid show and check my email. What are we doing? What's happening? What's going on today? Well, let's see. I am... Nothing. I just shot three episodes of News Time back to back. And in fact, I believe if this is out on time, the next episode of News Time after this show, after the Constitutionals, is episode 400. I have no idea what I'm going to do. Episode 300 was a big extravaganza with all the characters, and I just don't have the room to do that right now. (laughs) And I mean the room um, in my head to do this right now, to do that part. So I don't know. I'll see what happens with 400. Uh, I think 200 was... Um, a uh, uh, an interview with myself, or maybe that was one hundred. I don't know. I don't remember what what episodes were what. <laughs> I do happen to remember three hundred because three hundred was big. Three hundred felt feels like it was last year, but no, it was two years ago, and uh, it was still tough to do at that point too. And now I have less. Uh, like somehow, somehow I've gotten better at you, you know the the technical stuff, but. Now I have like my equipment's worse. <laughs> this this computer's not as, as tough, not as tough, not as powerful as the last. I mean, technically it is. It's actually better, but and then I've got then the camera I'm using is my phone. Anyway, things have changed. Let's talk about uh, what's going on in this show in this episode of the Constitutional's podcast. Well, there's there's a lot of things, you know. There's a lot of things happening, and uh, we. All right, gonna talk about it. It's me, me opening up links as I try to try to get through what's going on here. Listen, let's talk about this first thing. This comes from Ariel Shapiro over at The Verge. Why every new TV show has a podcast. So if you haven't noticed, a lot of shows are getting companion podcasts now. Uh, and let's let's just let's just go back to what's happening. Um, there, I think I think when podcasting was nascent, it was just people getting behind whatever microphone they could and you know trying to tell make each other laugh essentially or you know talk about pop culture or whatever um then as things got a little bit more prescient with money and everything i was gonna say film with money people started doing a lot of recap podcasts and i i I think one of the first prominent ones that i can think of is the uh gilmore guys uh demi adigiwebe and um uh this young friend over there (laughs) I'm sorry, that was mean. Let me uh, let me let me figure out this guy's name. I think he's he was his roommate, Rory Rory uh, something. I don't know. Gilmore Girls. No, Gilmore Guys. Is that's what I was looking for? That was hosted by Kevin T. Porter, his friend, uh, and uh, and roommate. I, I think at that time. But uh, they they did that show and it was very popular. It was just recapping Gilmore guy, Girls with uh, those two guys and guests, and it was funny and engaging. I've never listened to it. I have no interest. But. There we go. But now every show <laughs> seemingly has a recap podcast. And even still, you know, New Girl, the cat, three of the cast members of New Girl, I think it was 
Lamar Morris and Jessica Jessica Day, Jesus, Zoe Deschanel, and uh, the the uh, the beautiful Hannah. <laughs> uh, the beautiful Hannah Simone. I always have to um, just throw the adjective I need to throw in front of there, but they but they have their they have their own show that they're hosting. I think it's sponsored by Our Heart Radio or not. And then also the guys who created Always Sunny along with their head writer and I think their uh, producer Megan Gans they they're hosting a show and uh, I've caught a couple of minutes of a couple of episodes and you know to some extent the and then also there's the office ladies which I think just created a boom for this type of rewatch stuff but to some extent I think that some of these shows are uh and can be the the versions like for it's always sunny the podcast I don't know what it's called but it's always sunny the podcast that one in particular is interesting because they spend they have like maybe have a forty minute episode and they spend thirty of those minutes just talking about nothing like truly just telling stories and that's it and then they go oh and uh, you know uh, Glenn uh, Charlie was molested in this episode and then Glenn was a uh, that we said hey it wouldn't be funny if Glenn was a murderer and you know and that's what that is. Um, uh, at least I've never gotten to a point in the episodes. Uh, again, I've only listened to a couple of minutes, a couple of episodes, but I've never, I never get to a point, even if I skip around, where they're actually talking about the show, which is interesting. So, uh, with Ariel here over at uh, The Verge, and I, be- I believe she's the new host of the Hot Pod, uh, this newsletter and the podcast, uh, premier audio industry newsletter, <laughs> talking about the uh, shows. But uh, Ariel is talking about the companion pods and, and why they are here, uh, and. You know, if and if you if you watch a lot of HBO stuff, and if you work for HBO, then you notice that a lot of there's a lot of uh, HBO shows that have their own podcasts. And the thing is, it's not about making money. If 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 you look at it, it's it's really for it's um it's truly a companion. It's expanding on the stories. Uh, you get this. You get to you get behind the scenes stuff. Or if you're if you're a show like The Problem with John Stewart, that show, even though it's not that good, you still get more John Stewart, even if. Like you get behind, you get these interviews with these people who can talk more about the topic that was in the show. Uh, you get uh, for HBO, you get to talk about The Wire, what it was for you know at at, the, at age twenty. Now it's been twenty years. Uh, it's it's I like I think I think it's a I don't I don't like it appearing on the app. I don't like loading up HBO Max and seeing. Let's listen to Insecure the podcast. <laughs> you know, after you watch Insecure, I don't like seeing that. Uh, I, however, I do because, like, who's gonna who's gonna go? Oh, let me just sit down and turn on my Apple TV, turn on my LG TV, turn on my Google Chromecast, my Roku, my Amazon Fire, my Xbox, my PlayStation. Let me just turn on these devices and let me sit down, turn on HBO Max, and let me play Batman: The Audio Adventures. <laughs> like, no one. If you if you are watching a audio podcast on your television um p- please send me your television <laughs> give me give me your television please send it to me so the thing is they don't necessarily have to make money there's not there's not a, there's not that there's not that uh what Oreo writes there's not that much uh, on the uh, ROI the return on investment um it's it's what the it's what the brands want it's trying to it's trying to just market 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 to you in a way that does not feel like marketing. So you have the Insecure podcast, you have the Game of Thrones podcast, and these are official and you get to talk to the people. Uh, you get the Office Ladies podcast where they're releasing merch, you get to see them do live shows, and 
you're still getting ads from the podcast feeds. You're still getting, if it's a show that's on right now, then you're still getting uh, something that, like, uh, that is just that is that is getting people to rewatch the show. If someone, if someone sees it's always sunny. Uh, has a podcast, they're going to do the rewatch with them. They're going to say, all right, let me, well, every week I'm going to watch an episode of Always Sunny, or I'm going to, I'm going to watch, I'm going to bank up a bunch of episodes and watch them all at once and then listen to, you know, the, the first season of the podcast. Same thing for The Office. The only place you can get The Office is Peacock. The only place you can get Always Sunny is Hulu. You're going to have to subscribe to those in order to watch the show along with these people. Uh, and, uh, and uh, I mean, it pays off if you like the show, if you are a subscriber to that platform and you like listening to the podcast, then you're fine. And, uh, and it makes sense. It makes sense in the end. Um, let's move on to this one. This comes from variety read by Brian Steinberg, uh, CBS moles replacing James Corden with late night panel show after exit. So I talked about this last week that James Corden is going to leave the, um, um, <laughs> Uh, late late show next year next spring and we will have to deal with somebody with with uh, hosts coming in and out of that show for a little bit I don't think that they would go to um, reruns I would hope that they don't they don't go to reruns like they don't need that just until until you decide what's going to happen they should have rotating guest hosts who, who do like week-long stints or something like that uh, and I think doing a week long stint is better than, but then that means they have to pay a writing t- team. They have to, you know, do sets and all that stuff. And I know that Paramount, and I, I know that nobody wants to do that. And quite frankly, uh, but I think, uh, I mean, give me the show, give me the show for the summer. I, I promise you, I will move to LA. I'll do the show for the summer. And I think it'll be fun. It'll be engaging. And when everybody's going on vacation, I can still do the show. <laughs> so Corden's going to leave in 2023. And a panel show, a panel show might come in. Uh, so this is going to be a show along the lines of like uh, politically incorrect. And again, this is all just conjecture. We don't know if this is really happening. Uh, politically incorrect, which you know Bill Maher hosted uh, back in the late '90s, and then Chelsea Lately was a panel show on E. Uh, and uh, even though it was like mostly gossip and stuff like that, it was it was a very interesting and funny show because uh, I think Chelsea is a very funny person. And I think she'll surround herself with funny people. Uh, and then, you know, At Midnight, that was a show that had writers and it came off as improv but it brought on comedians that talked about the day's news and um, Twitter and, and all that stuff, but in bite-sized chunks. It was very funny. It's like It was like the internet, the TV show. It's a very funny show uh, for what it was at the time. We, the Late Late Show, uh, I mean, they do have room to experiment on CBS with this. Uh, because they're the late late night, the late night, late night is saturated with white guys talking about, you know, doing a monologue, doing a bit piece, the interviews, and then a musical guest. Um, and, but I, I mean, I don't know. They have to be, you have to be smart about this. Uh, you can, you know, the, the, the monologue desk piece interviews, music guest or comedian can, can still work. It can still work as long as the desk piece and the monologue and the interviews and the comedian and the and the band, they're all different. They're, these things don't have to be the same every single night. And I think, you know, for, let's say, let's look at uh, Seth Meyers' show, Late Night. Late Night, I think, really does a, does a good job of capturing how everything can be the same, but also it can have a different energy to it. Closer Look is way different from 
uh, Karen Chi doesn't know what the hell things are uh, because she doesn't know how to use Google. It's that, and those two are different from jokes Seth can't tell. It's. It's, I mean, now they're all fighting for, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, they're, they're all late night shows are essentially fighting for ratings on uh, when they air, and then, but mostly ratings online. It's all about the cliffs online. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you do on air anymore. I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, how you do on air. I, that, that really, it does play into it, but more or less you want to get hits on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. That's how you make the money. So, what happens when these when these uh, when these new concepts don't do well? If you remember, Robin Thede had a panel style show on BET, uh, the Nightly Show, which was the Nightly Show on uh, the after that came after the Daily Show on um, Comedy Central, hosted by Larry Wilmore. I mean, that was a panel show, and that was just a wasted name on that show. I mean, I, I wish we could bring back. The Nightly Show, uh, and and have and let the Daily Show have a companion show. I just talked about companion podcast, but have its own have a show that follows up after it. And uh, I mean, that was that show. I was waiting for that show to redeem itself. I wish it had gotten that full year. I think it was uh, it, it was canceled before the presidential election. I wish it had gotten to that. I wish it had gotten the election. Like imagine if SNL. Um, uh, the season ended at the start of the election. Like nobody would, you know, they would care. But anyway, panel shows, uh, and I think the fact is, what's the last remaining late night panel show? It's uh, Bill Maher's show. It's the last, the last twenty minutes of his show on Friday nights. That's the last time uh, panel shows have like are, like that's the last panel show that really do well i think fox news has the five but i don't know if people are really watching that and i think also on fox news uh bill gimber what is it with that with that guy's name who has that late night show that apparently is doing really well but like only with racists <laughs> gutfield greg gutfield it's in this article uh so it's um you you have room to experiment do it smart and use the don't go off air next summer. Like after in spring when Corden leaves, don't go off air. I think they need to like Kimmel does when he goes on vacation or when he's sick and he and he sets up people with like week long stints at his show. They need to have hey a month of uh, or not a month. I think a month is too long. Uh, a week of you know Justin Bieber hosting. I think they could really. I, I think they could get away with stuff like that with Justin Bieber hosting. A week of uh, uh, Wanda Sykes hosting. Um, a week of you know just people who don't normally get these chances to do that, and maybe even people who aren't that big. I think like if you get a comedian that's like a, a B list comedian, a C a B a C list comedian, and they're able to show off what they what they have, and then you say, oh wow. This comedian can really like Nicole. Like if Nicole Byer, I know she hosts a lot of stuff, but like if Nicole Byer had a week at the Late Late Show, doing you know whatever, whatever the whatever is able to be done on broadcast television for forty five minutes or forty two minutes, then try it, try it. I think it'll be I think it'll be good. Uh, so let's continue down with this. Um, People familiar with the matter suggest CBS is mindful of having the new show's production costs align with the new ways people are watching late night TV, i.e., online. Uh, so, in some views, the big late night shows remains uh, remained what? That's a bad sentence. Remain tied 
to uh, some of TV's earliest traditions and may not be as relevant to an audience that often watches comedy clips on phones and tablets. Many networks have chosen to test weekly shows that have ties to late night antics, such as Samantha Bee's Full Frontal or TBS's uh, on TBS, excuse me, or Decent Samira on Showtime. I, but I think the the thing is um, with those two shows in particular. Um, Full Frontal was always meant to be weekly, and I th- and Desus and Miro was bi-weekly, but unfortunately they were taken down to, to one episode a week, and um, uh, it's suffering because of it, <laughs> I think so. Anyway, but a panel show would be different enough. They just have to have a good panel. And obviously I think every night it would be a rotating panel if they just had a set number of people obviously you know four and like one moderator or something like that but uh, obviously but if they (laughs) i said obviously four times in this sentence or in this episode but if they had reliable voices to hear from and then you know maybe and then some outside voices because you know you you turn on cnn or msnbc uh and and you watch the or cnbc and you watch the news and you watch, you know, a show. They're not going to have the same people all the time. They just have. They usually have, you know, for CNBC Squawk Box, they have three people: uh, Joe, Becky, and Andrew. But then, um, it's it's they they always interview different people for every episode. Uh, uh, last week, this last week is probably it was a lot of Republican. <laughs> Joe was over. I was I joked to myself in the cat that uh, Joe's over there having the time of his life talking to all the Republicans he can, just bashing on. <laughs> Biden and gas and stuff. Uh, he does not hide. He's not. He's not like every everybody else. He does not hide things. Uh, speaking of which, also speaking of the news, uh, slightly. So uh, they're getting rid of the breaking. Chris Litch, over, uh, who's now the new C- CNN CEO or bigwig, uh, who was in charge of CBS Mornings and was in charge of uh, Late Show on uh, with Stephen Colbert. He. Uh, he said that he's getting they should get rid of the breaking news banner on CNN, which is something that I have been saying for years. And uh, and then he also said this is something I don't know if I fully agree with, but he said that the partisan politics will have to be toned down on CNN. Like he can't they can't just bring people on and and uh, and then you know have someone on the left essentially just uh, yell or like have people yell at each other essentially. Um, which I yeah I mean I I, I that makes sense, but. And you don't want to get down to the level of Fox News and OAN and and the and the other ones. Um, I do. I mean, but CNN, if if it's supposed to be the middle thing, then have more middle voices or have or just have a different way to to talk about things, because uh, every show is the same, and that's what the streaming platform was for. And, and when you cancel that, then you don't really have anything, um, you know, to go through the middle. So anyway, let's go with this late night thing. So a, a panel show, how would how would that work? I mean, they you still need to do a rundown of the day's news, but then look at Comedy Central, and it's every show, every late night show uh, that's not the Daily Show has been a panel show, and they have all been bad. And I will say that, uh, except for Jim Jeffries' show, I think that show was actually pretty funny. Um, uh, I don't say actually pretty funny, was pretty funny. Um, I, I, but every show since then, you know, problematic, even though I did write a, a good review for it, but I, you know, problematic that show with Moshe Kasher and then, uh, David Spade's show, David Spade's like four shows in that network. <laughs> it's, um, I, I remember one time when I was in middle school, David Spade had a show on, oh God, I just remembered, uh, black news. I just, was that a show on comedy central? 
Black News Comedy Central. If the Daily Show pops up, I'm going to be so chocolate news. That's what it was called. It was David Allen Greer. Oh my God, I watched that show. That was that's crazy. I that show just popped up in my head, and I just remembered it. Okay, anyway, so uh, Showbiz Show with David Spade. I remember watching that show because uh, I had TV in my room because uh, I was a latchkey kid, and I remember watching that show one night, and then they did a joke about like Michael Jackson was spotted you know somewhere doing something i don't know and then they and uh, and then the the punchline to the joke was and we have video for it of it and the punchline was and the, and the video was uh smeagol or Gollum from lord of the rings trying to like like drowning in a pond or something not in a pond like in a, in a small puddle trying to get to the ring or something like that and it, it was a very funny punchline i guess for the time and i remember going that's so like i laughed so hard at that i thought it was very funny and then I went to school the next day, and we were in an art class, and we were, and, and my entire class was standing around a table, and I guess we were learning how to do some project. And I remember listening to the teacher, and out of nowhere, I just start, I bursted out laughing. I just could not contain myself. I was laughing so hard, and people started looking at me, and it was because of that clip. I was thinking of the clip because I thought, I thought, wow, that's such a funny punchline. I just. I and yeah, I just I just could not contain myself, and I uh, I was laughing, and, and everyone was staring at me. And I remember holding my stomach because I was laughing so hard, and I started crying because it was it was such a funny joke at that time. I I I guarantee if I watched it now, it wouldn't be uh, anything special. Uh, but I, I remember like telling my teacher, like looking at my teacher and going, "No, no, you can keep keep going, keep going," and uh, and he was like what the hell is this kid laughing at? Like, what's so funny? And, I, and, then I tr- and then I tried to explain, and then I couldn't. So that's what that was. Uh, let your kids watch shows they should. <laughs> Let's move on. Get, uh, speaking of Chris Litch, uh, like 20 minutes ago when I started that story, uh, this one comes from Variety, written by Brent Lang, Matt Donnelly, Rebecca Rubin. Why Warner Bros. Discovery shook up its film business and what happens next. So there have been a lot of... Uh, People, higher ups, execs, and everything at uh, Warner Bros. Discovery, uh, particularly on the Warner Bros. side, that have left the company and have been replaced with uh, Discovery people. That's just what happens in these acquisitions. Uh, it stinks. It sucks. We've seen it at uh, Disney when Disney bought Fox assets and they had a lot of doubled up people. Uh, guess who were the ones to leave? The Fox people. Uh, so. Anyway, so uh, Zaslav, they're looking, again, to cut $3 billion in cost savings, and uh, hopefully they're done. <laughs> God, hopefully they're done. Oh, please. <laughs> and, uh, and, now, and now Warner Bros. Discovery WBD is trying to uh, reimagine the structure of its film business. Uh, Zaslav, this comes from the article, says that was said to be enamored with what the Walt Disney Company has achieved in operating its media operations as a series of distinctive brands with the likes of uh, Marvel's Kevin Feige, Lucasfilm's Kathleen Kennedy, and Pixar's Jim Morris and Pete Docter overseeing independent uh, fiefdoms. All led by white people. Uh, not surprised. Anyway, so they're they're trying to do that, and it's it's really taking shape. Maybe not in a way that most people will see, but uh, it is taking shape. So uh, there's going to be two people running Warner Bros. Pictures and New Line, New Line Cinema, uh, which is going to stand next to uh, Warner Bros. Animation and DC Films. So it looks like there's four different arms all la- of the of the movie sector. All labels had previously reported up to uh, one person 
who is now no longer with the company and now the execs for New Line uh, uh, is are gonna where they're unsure like they're the execs if they were going to if they're gonna be part of it so. So New Line has an exec and DC Films has an exec, but everyone's unsure right now if they're still going to be a part of that that um, situation. This situation. <laughs> and so and so the problem of this is that no one know uh, as long and yes they know who they report to now, but if they feel like. People in the company feel, according to this article, not me, uh, not me, I know, but according to this article, people feel as though that there's, this creates a little bit more walls and uh, and what they've written, it says more silos here. Uh, during AT&T's brief ownership, which lasted from 2018 to 2022, the company invested a lot of time in uh, breaking down barriers across the various divisions to create more opportunities for collaboration, which Yes, is true and makes sense. We that's why we got. I mean, that's why we got Ezra Miller. Oh, good on uh, on the CW's Flash. Yeah, that's why he was able to pop up for half a second. Uh, it, it was like five minutes. So that's why we got things like that. That's why we have you know some characters in in that universe, the Arrowverse, dying and then able to pop up uh, uh, better versions in the movies. Uh, whereas in Marvel, they don't exist. Things don't exist <laughs> for some reason. Uh, we're seeing, we're, it feels like it's a lot of consolidation, and in some cases it is, but I think when you look at it on the broad broad side, the big picture, yes, it's a little bit of, it's, it's consolidation, but um, it, it doesn't feel like they're, the arms are, can, can talk to each other anymore. Uh, we won't see we won't see the fruits of their labor for a couple of years. So you know if there's if there's anything that can more creative that can come out of this, anything on the HBO Max side that can come out of this, it'll at the earliest we'll probably see it in 2024 um, because movies take a long movies and TV shows take a very long time. So what's I guess I'm saying so what is what is what is the bigger picture of this? What 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 is so? If Zaslav is trying to create a Disney esque company, uh, but that is not just a family friendly thing, because let's face it, that's all Disney is is family friendly. Uh, what? How can they appear different? How can they stand out over at Warner Bros. Discovery? I think it's reaching into that deep pocket uh, in the well of what you have the classics, the new classics. Um, and and really and really utilizing it and really you know taking what you have on HBO Max, taking what you have on linear on television, and taking what you have theatrically and really hoisting them up and not getting rid of things because of how uh, how they perform or how poorly they perform or uh, and not just poorly but I mean like critically and everything you know if they if something does well critically and is performing poorly then don't just rely on those numbers rely on our people liking it and 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 really turning into it I, it's, I mean it's it's hard it's hard to talk about because we don't know what's going to happen and so we really it would have to be summer of 2022 to see okay uh here's the next DC movie that is uh, that is releasing you know here's I don't know what movies are coming out Here's here's Wonder Woman two three excuse me, Wonder Woman uh, two thousand one. 
I have to stop these towers from falling. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. I do apologize. Um, so we, we would have to see, you know, and, and then and then also what in 2024, okay, here's what HBO Max has to offer. Here's what's on HBO proper. Here's what's on, you know, here are all the sports we have on TBS because now it's a sports channel. Here's what Cartoon Network is. It's, it's they're really going to have to dig deep and um, buckle down on what they do have. And because they, I mean, even today they canceled Made for Love, which is a show I think did well critically and uh, uh, with audiences and critics. But I mean, even if I saw, you know, Krista Milati go out for interviews on Tonight Show and Late Night and, and everything, it it probably still did not do the numbers that they expected it to do. So, <sighs> yeah, I just w- I just want things to, to be fine. <laughs> hey, listen, let's talk about this last thing also comes from Variety written by Michael Schneider. The 100 most watched TV series of 2021 and 2022. There is winners and losers and baby... It's exactly what you think it is. Shows like Yellowstone, Taylor Sheridan's Yellowstone, just murdered. I mean, it's it's crazy that that Yellowstone even I like I I knew like we knew that it was a is a it's a popular show, but season four just or season three I guess I don't know season four I think season four just really opened up the doors and oh my gosh it's it's amazing how. That show could do better than shows that are on broad on CBS on broadcast, and uh, according to this article, it did better than NCIS and total viewers, and uh, and even still, uh, Sheridan's other shows, the spinoff 1883 that was on Paramount Plus, alongside the Mayor of Kingstown, which is not a spinoff, it's just a separate show, just did I mean just did did just as well, which is crazy. Uh, same thing for AMC's The Walking Dead and Better Call Saul. Just uh... okay. Uh, 90 Day Fiance. Those franchises uh, did really well in its cable demo, and then we also have uh, CBS show Ghosts, which surprised everybody. I think the two the two biggest comedy shows of the past year are Ghosts and Abbott Elementary. The past television year, uh, TV season, are Ghosts and Abbott Elementary. Like. Again, nobody expects these shows to do well because they're on broadcast. But man, they those came out swinging, which uh, is crazy, which is great. Uh, as as for losers, baseball definitely lost. Uh, NFL dominated the rating schedules. NBA's always does well. Uh, the thing is about baseball, they're losing viewers. the The people who watch it are old and dying. <laughs> I just watched um, both in the past month the both the LA Times and CBS Sunday mornings did feature, you know, we did short documentaries on the Savannah Bananas, which is a uh, minor league baseball team that is bringing in, that's like the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball. They're bringing in dancing and all these events and things, and it's still baseball. And it has, I, quite frankly, uh, when the guy, when the owner of the Savannah Banana, co owner, because he owns it with his wife, uh, when, he was describing the uh, the rules. I was my eyes were glazing over because it just seemed kind of superfluous. But I think the dancing and the fun aspect makes it in, enticing to watch. And and uh, anyway, so baseball is losing, and maybe that needs to be the future. <laughs> Quite frankly, the Savannah Bananas uh, they they might be what baseball can be 
if not um, a candidized version of it. Show uh, shows like Magnum PI were canceled, which stinks. And uh, even though it had a lot of, it had really good viewers, especially considering it is on broadcast. So um, I never watched it, but whatever. So the top shows were actually football, Sunday Night Football which is on NBC, Thursday Night Football, which is on Fox and NFL Network, Monday Night Football, which is on ESPN, and Thursday Night Football, which was also on NFL Network. They all are in the top four. Yellowstone was number five. Uh, This Is Us was number six. We have Chicago, two Chicago shows taking up uh, two slots in the top ten, which is crazy to me. Uh, It's PD and Fire. What happened to Med? I guess Med's not that... Oh, but it isn't a top 15. Uh, speaking of med, Grey's Anatomy is at 11 with uh, Lord and Order SVU and Saturday Night Football. I mean, even still, Saturday Night Football did did better than regular broadcast shows. And I think it only aired maybe six to eight times or something like that. Uh, a lot of there's there's a lot of procedural shows, hour long procedurals and a lot of game shows. So you have shows like Next Level Chef on Fox, which first season aired uh, and it tied 19th in the in the broadcast season and excuse me in the television season uh so far i'm only seeing broadcast and then it you have to scroll down to the fifth no excuse me you have to scroll down to the 30s to see the first which is the walking dead the first cable show to to be the most popular uh the most the in-demand show uh nba saturday primetime 36 Simpsons 36 baby that's right you know I love the Simpsons uh interesting to not to see that as the first animated show here wow hmm all right interesting I uh it's tied with Shark Tank NBA Saturday Primetime Abbott Elementary The Walking Dead SWAT a lot of a lot of CBS shows because CBS is still the most watched uh broadcast network and then it, it went to, to get more cable shows. You get down to the 50s with uh, Family Guy, Law & Order, The Cleaning Lady, but cable shows. 90 Day Fiance before 90 Days, 90 Day Fiance the other way, Below Deck. Uh, wow. MTV's The Challenge, Spies, Lies, and Allies, and then regular 90 Day Fiance Vanilla. Uh, and then finally you get down to the 60s and you see – Shows I did not even know existed. Sister Wives on TLC. Uh, America's Got Talent Extreme. Be Positive, which was canceled. Thank God. Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Smackdown. Friday Night Smackdown, excuse me. Uh, and I don't, I mean, is I mean, if this is this an official list? Are these shows, because they are including everything, but, you know, on broadcast and cable, but I don't see any... I don't. I don't see any streamers, and I also don't see any um, uh, premium cable. Put put premium cable. I think these just might be easy access shows. South Park's up here, and in the '80s, alongside Young Rock and Alter Ego. That's the show on Fox where uh, it was a singing show, and people sang behind avatars, which I thought was stupid. The Curse of Oak Island on History. We have two black shows: The Blacklist and Blackish. You have to make yourself laugh. NBA basketball on ESPN, NBA basketball on TNT, both tied at 89, married at first sight in a lifetime, ordinary Joe, ugh, gross, and then Queens is the last show. But these are all tied at 89, so 
you know, take that as you will. And FX is Snowfall. Wow. Uh, I, I see a lot of shows like Ordinary Joe and Our Kind of People. I think Our Kind of People was canceled. Or maybe it got. Anyway. Uh, I see a lot of shows that I recognize. I see a handful of shows I don't. These, this is so, oh, then the there's more lists. The 100, top 100 shows and total viewers. So we've got Yellowstone was number three. Yellowstone is number three after Sunday night and Thursday night football. Wow. In terms of total viewers. La Brea, 25. Get out of here. I don't La Brea sucks. La Brea is the show that is about uh, in the middle of Los Angeles, a whole collapse, a whole sinkhole happens, and a a bunch of people are taken into prehistoric dinosaur world that is under the city. I watched the first episode. Such such bad acting. I just couldn't handle it, and and such a stupid, ugly looking. Anyway, I stopped watching the show. I want the cast to do well. I think I think it's great. I think one of them is differently abled. I think the daughter of Natalie Z is differently abled. I think Natalie Z is great. Great cast. That's just and a lot of a lot of no names. So that's good. Or a lot of people don't have a lot of credits. And I, I like to see that. Especially in a broadcast show. But it's just it was so poorly written and poorly acted, I just couldn't handle it. <laughs> I'll continue on. A lot of the, I mean, these are the shows that are in the top demanded shows. Uh, in terms of total viewers, most watched are all going to be broadcast because not everybody has cable and you can't really count streaming numbers uh, reliably because people don't report it. Netflix, Hulu, they don't really report these things. HBO Max. Uh, a lot, yes, yeah, a lot of the same shows. And I think it's all the shows on broadcast. There's 100 shows on here. Uh, too bad for Mr. Mayor, which was canceled. Because it, it is at 100. Oh, no, Better Call Saul's on here. So cable... 99. Wow. Cool. The most watched networks of 2021. And would you guess, would you believe it? CBS. And then NBC, then Fox, ABC. Uh, obviously, you have the Fox News. And they have ESPN, Univision, TNT, Hallmark, MSNBC, HDTV, TBS, Ion. Ugh, I hate Ion. Uh, when I was, when I was uh, let go of my previous job, they just bought Ion. And, uh... Yeah, TLC, Telemundo, Discovery, History, Food Network, which I watch all the time, including right now, INSP, I don't know what that is, and USA Network. Top-rated networks of 2021 by adults 18 to 49, NBC, Fox, CBS, ABC, ESPN, Univision, TNT, TBS, Telemundo, TLC. And, uh, you know, considering this is a year where... We're, we're coming out of the the big swing of a pandemic and broadcast has to step up. They had they learned like that they can't just rely on uh, what they usually had to rely on uh, for, for shows. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of networks, including NBC and ABC or no, excuse me, NBC and CBS didn't they didn't trust themselves to uh to have these new shows so uh they they relied on the fb they relied on dick wolf fbi see on uh, uh chicago on law and order and the, on things that we know the franchises that we know that we're gonna like and watch that they know we're gonna like and watch so they relied on that and uh it really showed and now they retain viewers but you know, here comes this next season. Can you can you keep doing that? Can you have a fourth Law and Order show, which I think they're working on? Can you have more 
Chuck Lorre shows? Can you can you continue working in the same way that you've done and expect it to to go against streaming and and have those people not just watch live or watch same day live plus you know seven days or live plus fourteen or however you're you're counting it? But can you can you trust them to continue to come back? Uh, and and that's where I think it's hard hard for them to understand that uh, that they can't just Look, think about the same thing all the time. Listen, I'm tired. If you like what you're here, head to the website, cpluscomedy.com, where I'm going to talk to uh, a comedian coming up. I've already talked to the person, and I have it recorded, and it's going to go out, I promise you, hopefully next week. You can follow us, you know, if you want to see a video version of the show, youtube.com slash cpluscomedy, where uh, you can see me sitting in a shirt that I wore when I shot an episode of News Time. You can uh, also on YouTube.com slash C-Plus Comedy watch our premiere show, News Time, which is where I take one story and I dissect it and I come back at the time. 400 is next week. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, uh, Twitter, Instagram, at C-Plus Comedy. Me on Twitter, Instagram, at Chad Black White. Facebook, at C-Plus Comedy. Um, what else, what else, what else, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends about this show. It's great. I like doing it, even though I don't do it often. (laughs) All right. I gotta go. I'm tired. Bye.